Last week, a lot of really interesting mysteries. Hope you're all caught up. Uh, we floated the idea of possibly everybody coming from a different story genre. Eve is perhaps a superhero. Maybe Malachi is from the past because there was a carriage involved at one point in your story. Uh, we suspect that Hank might be some kind of robot. And is a forest a werewolf? Or a lumberjack? Or a lumberjack werewolf? Uh, that said, I would like to introduce you to the cast. Cast, uh, your question for this week that I want you to think about. Uh, something that we haven't paid a ton of attention to yet, but we should, are the episode titles. So episode two was Courage. Episode three was Wit. Episode four, Strength. Episode five, Trust. And the episode from two weeks ago, episode six, knowledge. So what I want to know is, it, it, obviously all of these titles are based on their trials. What sort of trial do you think they will go through this week? As a, I would like your one word answer. And if you would like to give an explanation, you may. If you don't and you want to be mysterious, you can do that too. I support your choices here. So, first off, we have welcome back to the show. By the by, we missed you last last time, Emery Chase. I am super excited to be back. Uh, despite you just listing them, I've already forgotten what the previous episode titles are. Oh, so I'm here. sat here oh. like trying to make sure I don't pick one that we've already done. No, I'll, I'll give them to you again. <laughs> Courage. Courage. Wit. Strength. Trust. Knowledge. Okay. Well, I feel like what they haven't done yet is the things that kind of start to bridge those maybe something like cunning could be cool because that kind of involves I would argue multiple components from some of those but is also like still its own like isolated like trait or skill interesting and we're almost like out that. of uh individual people which sort of implies like you know if we're gonna have more episodes and more portals at this point, they're going to have to start becoming maybe centered around more than one person or more than one skill. I like that. Or we're going to start getting into like mixed colors. Yeah. Or we might just well. be like done with the portals and now we're on to the next part of the story. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> or, or everybody blends together and we get like or purple mud. finally shows up. Possibly, I would, maybe. I would like to call dibs on purple if that happens. Just just putting that out there into the universe. I'm, I'm manifesting purple for myself. All right. That is a great, great answer. Uh, up next, also, who will probably give a great answer, because I believe that all of you tonight will give me great answers. Crystal Lee. Oh, shoot. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, my prediction. Oh, hi. I'm Crystal. I play uh, Blue or slash Grace. Um, my prediction, I, I really like cunning. I'm not sure. Okay, I also was like repeating them before you called me just so I wouldn't forget. All right, courage, wit, trust. Oh, shoot. Knowledge and strength. Okay, so I think what's missing is either strategy, which might be like, but that's kind of wit. So I don't know. It's hard to like just pluck, em, pluck, pluck a prediction. So I'm going to say it's either strategy or something kind of more weird like kindness 
I like that. I like that. Um, and oh, thank I think, you. I think I think strategy can. <laughs> I think strategy can be something other than wit because wit. I. Uh, it's wit and strategy yeah, wit are similar. Like a, it was like an similar. It was like a Venn diagram. That saved us. Yeah. For wit. Yeah. Yeah. So for I feel like strategy could be a cool one just because they have to work and like figure something. Like it's there's a lot more planning involved, which. There yeah. hasn't been a ton of. There's a lot of, like, a lot of this is flying by the seat of our pants um, and, like, <clears> praying <throat> for the best. But, yeah, I don't know. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Like chess or something. I don't know. But, yeah. Ooh. Thank, you. Thank you. Up next, we have Marissa Catherine. Hello, hello. I'm um, going to go back to one that I think we talked about a long time before. So I'm amazed no one grabbed it before me. But Patience? I feel like that's a big one. Yeah. We haven't had anything like that yet. So. Right. Patience. And I, I, patience is a very good one. Now, bonus question. Why do you think patience? It's an optional bonus question. You can say no. Or I want to go for it. Yeah, um, go for it. Yeah. I feel like we've had a lot that have a lot of action behind them. And maybe we need something that almost like how wit, I guess we kind of had wit now that I'm thinking about it, but we need something with not as much action behind it. Something where it's a little bit slower going and we're not super fast paced going crazy. Cause we all need a break. I think after the water. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. And we still need to close out the water Yeah, in the beginning too, because uh, you just lightning somebody in water. Yeah. Let's really hope that we don't have any crispy critters on our hands. That would not be very restful or patient, not patient. Okay, and up next we have Grant Stephen Pedrizio. Hey, hi, hi. Um, I don't know exactly which word I should choose, but going on the idea of like combining multiple colors or like multiple multiple facets of the rooms that we've been through so far, I believe it was uh, strength, strength, courage, and knowledge to form either conviction or determination. I don't know which of them yet, uh, or which word is the better word to use. I mean, Just, you can throw out both. Both is fine. Say, guessing twice. No one no one gets a reward this week for guessing it right, other than bragging rights. So if you want to uh, go ahead and choose two, I'm, I'm okay uh, with that. It, it, it's just that general idea, because I feel like a lot of the challenges we were like we were all split up and everybody sort of got delegated one singular mission. We all didn't have to like really be on the same page on the same team and the same task as each other for a long time. And I feel like either conviction or determination would test us all in that way. Yeah, I love that. It's it's like we talked about a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's very Captain Planet. And I mean, who doesn't love Captain Planet? Aside from uh, like CEOs and oil and gas companies, but like beyond that, I I would say most big corporations. But then again, uh, they have to say the right thing to look good these days. Anyway. Yeah, but who do we? Why do we care about what they think? <laughs> yeah, like most cats say to anything, just. <laughs> I feel like that's a very just a very helpful response to everything. It's just blepping and blowing raspberries. <laughs> It could be. All right. Up next, we have Aubrey Poppleton. Hi, I'm Aubrey. I play Malachi or Red. Um, I guess it's like just 
to be the wild card revenge on Hub or someone who wronged us. That is glorious. Interesting twist. Yeah. I also okay. feel like that is very specific from Malachi, uh, aimed potentially at Avaras over here, but no, no, no guesses. Okay, since you just put yourself on this hot seat, I'm gonna I'm gonna crank up the heat a little more. Not you, Grant. Oh. Uh, I'm picking on Aubrey today. Uh, no, so, for this revenge you speak of, if Malachi were to exact revenge, what strategy to use? Previous guesses. What strategy would work best given Malachi's sensibilities? Hmm. And know. it's okay to okay. Yeah, I don't know. Is a well, very like, it's like I completely answer. forgot about that whole uh, love triangle thing until Grant brought that up just now. <laughs> it's like I was just making something up. Um, I don't know. Um, tear them down brick by brick, make it stick. So, so it would be one of force, not one of wit. No, no, wit, wit. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We're going to see. I, I watched uh, Our Flag Means Death this past oh, weekend. Yeah. And so when I, I hear revenge, I'm just like, yes, revenge. We need, we need ourselves a gym. All right. Up next, we have Corey Sapienza. Hello. I am Corey. My pronouns are they, he, and I play Jeb. Um, and I have like, it's like a slash because I couldn't think of like, it's one of those nights where I'm just like, it's not, the word is not here, but I have like words in the vicinity. So I'm giving you options and they are understanding and or unity because I'm sort of in the same mindset as Grant with the like, we need to like all group together and like actually work towards the same goal. Like it hasn't really been that for a while. Um, and so I'm thinking something along those lines where that's like actually going to require us to like have a conversation and understand each other and not just like, here's the goal. Here's an idea. Guess not. Like now we're divided into two separate tunnels or like anything along those lines. So yeah, those are my words, plural. I love it. I love it. All of you have been giving some really great answers tonight and, um, I, I can see all of these working for sure. Uh, and last, we have Delton Inglesorrel, who might be a robot. Hello, I'm Delton, uh, pronounce he him, and I play Hank and or Pink and potentially uh, a good robot boy. My theory for Hank is that he's a he's a medical robot because he doesn't have any memories of like people in his life. So maybe it's just because. He didn't have anyone because he's just going around healing people. And uh, he's a heel bot. So a heel bot. Yeah. A literal he's, heel bot. That's what that's what he do. And uh uh but what's it called? I think uh if my thinking face hasn't been extremely obvious, uh the best I could come up with is faith. I love that. And I think it really does tie a lot into uh especially with what Corey and and Grant just said. You have to have faith in each other, and faith is yeah. another way of having people come together and unite. And it mm -hmm. ties into the, the we're putting together a, a beautiful, glorious rainbow. In, in uh, a weird sense, it could also maybe be like faith and hub, like trusting the situation they've been put in. Oh, okay. Shades of the very last line of 1984. Uh, no, this is great, all of you. So, uh, chat. 
I would like for you to show some predictions, not just necessarily about what the title might be, but what you think might happen. Cast, any last thoughts, any last ideas, words, concept? What do you want to see happen? What do you think will happen? What do you not want to happen but are push <laughs> just push malachi into the electric oh it's joking wow okay all right many, all right <laughs> many bot those are fighting words my brain just went there and I, oh my, my god wasn't ready to stop it oh he wow. just heals people that's all he does he just heals people <laughs> Well, he just burned the <laughs> shit out of me. I don't I don't think I'm okay with I that. I have an ointment for that. Well, why did you inflict <laughs> the wound in the first place, you bucket of bolts? You so mean I have to come up with a solution all by myself to a problem I created all by myself? Oh my god, it's like Professor E. Gad. All right. So if nobody else has any thoughts or ideas platform could you please send everybody their scripts for this evening yes. actors when you get your scripts please give me a thumbs up so i know that you're ready to go uh, uh emery has said in chat i kind of love that the villain arc is for a healing robot actually that makes me very happy to hear too emery that's well even if idea. it's not in this like i love the concept of that like oh. hum- like disease is cured. There's like a utopian society, but now the like medical robots don't feel useful. And so they start like injuring people. Okay. Like as so- the plot line to its whole other thing. I just, I love that concept. So Emery, season two. And I also have my script. <laughs> okay, good. But season two of Cold Cuts. I'm just saying. I already, already kind of have like another thing I'm working on writing for that maybe. So I don't want to like okay. get uh, too ambitious. Three of, <laughs> season three of Cold Cuts. <laughs> I hope that this series has a very long and happy and healthy career. Yeah, it gave program to heal. So they have to hurt. So they have people to heal because they don't have anything to do because like society. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what, what chat has to say or mom. I have my phone here, mom. When you text me your ideas and predictions, I've got them right on hand. Your mom doesn't use the Twitch chat. She just texts you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, she's not used to Twitch and I'm okay I love with that. that she's though. Not, That's cute. Yeah. Uh, so she, she's texts me her, her questions, comments, and ideas. Uh, that's why I have my phone with me during the show now. Uh, because I, we, we believe in accessibility here. We got to accommodate Meredith's mom. She's our biggest fan. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We are waiting on a couple more scripts. I am very much looking forward to telling you the title of this episode. We'll see who was right and who see we'll see who was in the ballpark. And we'll see who was probably guest next week's, which I don't know. <laughs> Everybody ready? Are you still waiting don't on that? Oh, got okay. me. I started like looking around my room. <laughs> <laughs> That was very good, crickets. How do how do you do that? Like, what's the structure of uh, your mouth? I whistle you do that? inwards. Some people whistle outwards for it, but you know, like the like that kind of gargly sound that you do when you want to do like Chewbacca or like uh-huh. like that kind of thing. If you do it yeah. inwards, you can sound like Momo. And then, huh? uh, if you whistle inwards, you can get higher pitches. So, and then if you do the gargle while you're whistling 
You can go. Aww. Uh, my mom just texted to say that she is, in fact, our biggest fans and added a squee in there. Uh, thank you, mom. Oh, I... we got the squee. We, we got, got a squee. squee. We got a squee. It's probably too much to ask for fan art or fan fiction out of her, but we got a squee and that's what matters. All right. Now that everybody has their scripts, let's get going on Hub Episode 7. My hands are sweaty. Acceptance. The water danced with electricity as the bolt made contact with its surface. Eve let out a hopeless scream as the shock reached Jeb. No! Jeb! Jeb's body tightened in response to the jolt, but they did not feel pain. Instead, every nerve in their body buzzed as if being charged to life. They held their hands out instinctively above the surface and absorbed the charges of electricity caused by the lightning. Their fingertips sparked with energy as they grasped the lightning in their hand, as if it was some sort of tangible thing. Their arms acted as conductors as the energy crackled around them. It's on Earth. Jeb? Um, guys, I have no idea what's going on. Grace. Grace, can you hear me? She needs CPR. I've got you, Grace. You hear me? I've got you. Malachi got to work performing CPR on Grace as she laid limply on the dock. Get out of the water, Jeb! They are controlling the lightning? That's impossible! But clearly it is not. They can't come up here like that. They'll fry us all. Kid! Do you know what you're doing? I'm apparently holding lightning in my hand! Jeb, can you, like, stop, maybe? Gee, I wish I would have thought of that! I'm sorry, you're just, like, glowing. You are clearly some sort of conductor for this energy, Jeb. Try to control it. Great advice, bro. Let me just do that real quick. Jeb, just breathe. You can do this. Focus. Jeb took a deep breath, letting their eyes drift closed, focusing on the electricity dancing just under their skin, willing it to calm begging it to give Jeb control. Grace, can you hear me? Come on, Grace! How is she, Malachi? She's not back yet. She will be. She has to. Keep going! Please, Grace. Please! Malachi rotated between breaths and compressions, watching the slight rise in her chest with tears blurring his vision. Grace, don't you dare! Suddenly, Grace coughed, water burbling out of her mouth as she struggled to replace the stolen air. Oh my god, Grace. Thank you. Thank you. Malachi held Grace close to him as she coughed the last remaining excess water from her lungs and took sharp, burning breaths of air. You're okay. You're okay. Malachi, I... Hank, is he... I am okay, G. Thank you for coming after me. Jeb, come on! The sparks on Jeb's hands subsided as the energy retreated inside of them, absorbing into their skin. Eve, can you uh, bring them back to the dock? Eve threw her hands forward, willing the wind to move again. But nothing happened. She glanced down at her wrist to see that the pink band of color was no longer there. I can't. It's... Gone. Slowly, Jeb swam back to the dock and climbed up, 
The rain from the storm was still pounding down onto them all. So that's new. Gee, you scared us. <laughs> I scared myself. We need to get out of the rain. Can you walk? I can. It's dark. How are we going to make it up the cliff? I can barely see two feet ahead of me. I can lead. I can see. How? I don't know, but we don't have time to ask. Follow me. Sometime later, drenched and tired, they arrived back at the warmth and security of their cave. Fresh tunics laid out on their beds. After drying off and changing, they sat silently, the sound of the rain the only reprieve from the ever-growing silence. On the plus side, Jeb, that lightning cauterized your wound and you should heal just fine. That's a weird sentence. I'm glad you're okay, kid. We have pink on our bracelets now. They look down to study the new colored edition. I don't... anymore. Did not have the answer, so you did not pass the challenge. I did get the answer eventually, and the pink showed up for a second. But it's gone now. A delayed reward. Whatever it is, I can't do it anymore. It's okay, Eve. I'm still here, and I failed the strength challenge. We still have yet to see any consequences for a failed challenge, besides the missing color and lack of memory rewarded. What happened down there, Hank? I arrived back from the portal, and I realized I could still, well, breathe. Underwater? Yes. How? I am not sure. I, I was testing my theory when I saw G coming for me. I'm sorry, G. I should not have been so careless to think nobody would come looking for me. It's okay, Hank. So you can breathe underwater, Jeb can hold on to lightning, G swam faster than humanly possible, and Eve controlled the wind. You did what? I'm not sure what happened. I answered the question, saw pink on my bracelet, and just kind of did it. But a few minutes later, I couldn't do it anymore. Plus, the pink was gone. Wait, I, I was just swimming like, like a regular person. Gee, that was not just swimming. And you, Avaris, can see in the dark? There's no way you would have been able to lead up the cliff if otherwise. Night vision. We are all showing signs of some sort of ability or skill. Perhaps that is what our memory reward is this time. So I'm a superhero. Oh my god. I'm a freaking superhero! I did not say that. You didn't have to. I have superpowers. Malachi, have you noticed anything different? I've noticed everything. What do you mean? Every little thing. I notice it all. It's like I can memorize and recall everything. It's as easy as breathing. Jeb covered their eyes quickly. What color eyes do I have? Blue, but your right eye is slightly more hazel. Jeb opened their eyes and looked to Eve, who studied their eyes. That's right. Uh, how many oranges are in the bowl on the table behind you? No peeking. Five. The top one is partially peeled, from, and the second from the bottom has a bruise. Extraordinary. This is the coolest power ever. You can literally wield lightning. Oh, right. I have the coolest power ever! 
Now, the question is, did we have these abilities before arriving at Hub, or are these new additions? I don't remember, but when I pushed Jeb through the water, I felt like I'd done it before, like it was second nature, and it feels empty now that I can't do it anymore. It's fascinating that they allowed you to reap the benefits of the reward briefly, only then to take it away. Fascinating. More like cruel. Gee, how strong do you think you are? I, I don't know. I feel the same as I always have. Care to test it? <laughs> yes! Power showcase! Like a fashion show, but for superpowers! Oh my god, are we the Avengers? Jab, simmer down. <laughs> well, what do you suggest? Avaris and the others looked around the space within the cave, looking for items of great weight. Avaris motioned to the table. Oh, looks like solid wood to me. Avaris stood and moved towards the table, gripping it awkwardly. He attempted to lift. It slid under his pressure, but did not lift under but did not lift off the ground. Definitely hard to lift. Give it a try, G. Grace stood and moved cautiously to replace Avaris in front of the wood table. He stepped back and watched as Grace positioned herself on one end. With a quick shrug, she lowered herself and began to lift. The table moved off the ground as if it weighed nothing, as Grace, exerting little to no effort, watched wide-eyed as the table was hoisted easily above her head. Damn. No wonder you kicked my ass in the strength contest. But we did not have abilities then. She kicked your ass even without her powers. Nobody asked you! She sat the table down and stood, mouth slightly agape, staring at the slab of wood. Okay, you were right. That's definitely not regular strength. Should get some rest. A new portal will probably be here before we know it. An unnerving peace fell over them as they drifted to a restless sleep. Morning came again too soon. The rain had yielded, and the sounds of birds singing drifted into the cave. Slowly rising, they each made their way outside. Golden rays of sun shone through the trees, illuminating the freshly watered greenery. The crystal ocean danced and glittered calmly, a stark difference from the storm that had ravaged it only yesterday. The trees were filled with birds who sang loudly, and other creatures moved gently through the open expanse. You know, if I wasn't here against my will, I might actually like this place. It is... Certainly remarkable how realistic these simulations are. That ocean was not a simulation. Neither was that lightning. This type of technology shouldn't be possible. And yet... Well, what do you think they're gonna make us do next? We've had what so far? Strength, wit, courage, trust, knowledge, right? Right. One more then. What? I think we have one more. I have been thinking the same thing, in fact. How'd you come up with that? Six of us. Six colors. Six challenges. So, one more. And it's gonna be... blue. And then what? What happens when it's done? Nothing good. M maybe we get to leave. Unlikely. We're not any closer to knowing what Hub is, either. Maybe I'll be able to notice something now in the next portal. Yeah, and when I see them, I'm gonna go all four on their asses! The next portal is probably out there now. 
Let's split up and look. A short while later, Malachi's voice called from the woods. The others quickly rushed to him, finding him standing in front of a large glowing portal. The blue light flooded the area. Acceptance. What the hell does that even mean? <sighs> Shall we? Might as well see I... Might as well see you on the other side. Light, then dark, then light again. The familiar pattern welcomed the group to their new environment, a large foyer of a castle-like structure. The walls climbed incredibly high, met at the top by extravagant painting on the ceiling of several large abstract shapes in various colors. The floor was a sparkling marble, and pillars with matching material stood erect through the foyer, leading forward into the castle. Whoa. This place is beautiful. The hell are we wearing? Avaris gestured to their clothing. Avaris, Hank, Jeb, and Malachi were sporting long, extravagant coats with golden trim. The material of their coats matched the color of their metallic bands. Eve and Grace wore ball gowns with long trains, green and blue. Maybe we have to go to a party. This damn thing weighs like 30 pounds. At least you're not wearing ten layers of tulle. There's only one door leading out of this foyer. Gee, I wonder where we need to go. Moving through the grand foyer quietly, they studied the walls. Portraits decorated the walls, but the subjects of the portraits were unrecognizable. Less of a person, more of a shape of color. Red, blue, orange, green, yellow, pink. These portraits, they have our colors. Are they supposed to be us? It's all just blurry. Okay, okay. We're at the door. Eve pushed on the door slightly, and it slid open with a creak that echoed across the large open chamber. Beyond the door was a large circular room with dark black floor, with dark black floors that reflected the light from the sconces that adorned the walls. Scattered across the room were six doors. Each door was a different style and painted in a different color, again mimicking the color of their bands and outfits. As they stepped into the space, the door closed behind them. Hey, 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 don't let the door close! What door? Eve looked back at the space from which they came and saw nothing but stone walls. Freaking fantastic. Doors, six colors, sixth task. There's something in the center of the room. Malachi moved forward to the small table that stood solitary in the middle of the large circular room. On its surface sat a small button. Well, what are you waiting for? Press it. Malachi pressed the button, and the room erupted in a bright white light. What the... who is... Suddenly in front of them stood a short figure. Their eyes surveyed the challengers before them. What did you say? Where did you come from? They waited for the figure to answer. Um... The figure just talked again. Why are they talking like that? Who are you? Avaris faced the newcomer, fear coursing through his veins. I am not afraid. And how do you know my name? They seem to be speaking in narration. The challenger's faces twisted in confusion at the words of the figure before them. Well, they got one thing right. I'm definitely confused. 
They did not know it then, but they had come face to face with the narrator. Narrator of what? Of your story, the narrator said. Of all your stories. This is so meta. They were face to face with a challenge unlike any they had encountered before. One that would change the very essence of their time in Hub. Hey, what the hell are you talking about? The narrator spoke calmly, their voice filling the space, explaining the challenge at hand. Greetings, and welcome to the Hall of Memories. I don't like where this is going. By now, you've undoubtedly noticed that you do not possess all of your memories, your histories, your life. Definitely not going to like this challenge. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. The dulcet tone of the narrator continued. One can only be their true self when there are no factors hindering their growth. An experiment, as we predicted. Today you will be faced with some of the worst memories from your past. This is gonna suck so bad. And you must learn to embrace them. Accept them. Let it make you stronger. We've seen that you can trust each other, so you are permitted to have one other person accompany you into your door. Good luck. We. The message said we. There are multiple people watching us. Pulling the strings. Let us out of here! Avaris, please. You think you're so clever, so freaking smart? Dude. You're nothing but a bunch of damn cowards! Avaris antagonized the figure in the center of the room, as if they were the personification of the very villains they assumed put them in this situation to begin with. Shut up! You don't know me! Avaris, it's okay, please. Just look at me. They're taunting us! I know, I know. Holding our memories hostage just to use them against us? Sending some omniscient liminal being? What kind of sicko does that? At least we're getting a memory back today. Yeah, a horrible one. Those are part of us too. G is right. We need to look at it. We need to look at this the right way. We learn more about our captors than ever before with this. What do you mean? They sent us this figure. A storyteller. That's what they said. Of all our stories. So what? So it means something. I'm just not sure exactly what yet. Silence filled the room. Their eyes darted around quickly at the various doors. Shut up, will you? So, who's going first? I will. Jeb, will you join me? Of course. Good luck, Eve. Eve and Jeb walked across the floor towards the green door. It stood tall and wide, a French double door style with golden handles and a decorative carved design on its surface. Eve smiled at Jeb, who grabbed and squeezed Eve's hand before walking in. A wave of familiarity washed over Eve as they walked into a large office, the walls lined with bookshelves and paintings. A behemoth of a desk stood in the center, with a large green swiveling chair sitting behind it. Where are we? And why is the storyteller following us? My father's office. The chair turned to reveal a youthful-looking man in a dark green suit, his eyebrows furrowed as he regarded the contents of a file in his hand. 
Oh my God. What is it? This is my dad, Jeb. He looks young. He does. Say something. Dad? Dad? The figure behind the desk did not so much as glance in Eve's direction until a sound from behind them got his attention. Jeb and Eve turned in that direction, just in time to witness Eve, a different Eve, walking towards her father. She wore a light green shirt that was belted and dark pants. She bowed her head slightly as she approached the desk. Dad, you wanted to talk to me? Where have you been? I called for you hours ago. I was out in the woods, practicing. You didn't bother changing before coming to me? I figured you'd rather I not be any later than I already was. Well, you were wrong. Again. I I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Be better, Eve. Of course. So, how have your practices been? I'm making significant progress. Well, I severely doubt that. It's true! I was able to cause a gust up to 30 miles per hour. 30 miles per hour? Yes. I was causing 30 miles per hour winds as a baby when I sneezed, Eve. That is not an accomplishment. I promise I can fit in in this family. I know I can. You have yet to prove it. It's just difficult because I'm not... Oh, I am acutely aware of what you are not, Eve. Just as I am aware of what you are. A disappointment. I will prove it. Choose me, Father. Please, choose me. The forms of the man in the green suit and the Eve from the memory dissipated into smoke. Eve sank down to her knees, the tool of her ball gown bunching up around her. Jeb sank down to rest next to her. Tears streamed down her cheeks. Please stop talking. We can see what's happening here. He hates me. That guy is a jerk, Eve. You didn't deserve that. And what if I did? Eve. Clearly, I was expected to be so much more than I was. Gods, it's like I can feel the judgment inside of me. This weight, trying to be good enough. You are good enough, Eve. I'm a failure, a disappointment. I remember that. I remember being useless. Look at me, Eve. You are not useless. If it weren't for you, I never would have reached Hank and G in that water. You saved me, and probably G too. That's not useless. I want to be better. Okay, but don't do it for him. Do it for yourself. Slowly, Jeb helped Eve to her feet and smiled as they exited back through the door. Eve leaned on Jeb, whose feeble form struggled under the weight. Feeble? Really? Did you really need to narrate that part? Eve, you know you're going in my door with me, right? Of course, Jab. Get back. You okay, hon? I will be. Was it hard? Yeah. Through this! I'm going in! Are you taking anyone with you? I don't want anyone to know this much about me. I'm good on my own. Avaris sauntered towards the orange door that... He noticed as he got closer was not a door, but rather a flapping fabric with a zipper enclosure keeping the two sides of the fabric closed. He unzipped the fabric and disappeared inside. He walked through the opening and arrived in the middle of the woods. The dark sky was lit only by the bright, full moon that overlooked the campsite.
Where am I? And why the hell are you still here? Avaris watched as an injured man stumbled into the camp area, blood coating his body. Whoa, 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 dude, are you okay? The figure did not acknowledge Avaris and continued to stumble forward into the campsite. It was only when the figure looked up towards the sky that Avaris's breath caught in his throat. He was looking at his own face, covered in blood and dirt and tears streaming from his eyes. Oh, God. The blood-covered Avaris cried out as he attempted to wash away the red-stained liquid from his skin and mumbled anxiously under his breath. What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? The blood-covered Avaris continued to scrub at the blood that stained his skin, while the Avaris adorned in regal attire took cautious steps towards the tree line. Step by step, across the campsite basked in moonlight, he followed the trail of blood, the footsteps, and then he stopped and saw something horrific before him, the mangled body of his victim, the person that he had killed. Shut up! Stop talking! I did this. I did, I did this. Avaris felt the rush of pain hit him, and for the first time, his carefully crafted, hard-shelled exterior faltered. Please! Please stop! I, I, I can't be here! Avaris turned on his heel and sprinted back towards the tent opening, diving through without so much as a second look at the blood-coated version of himself. Seem shaken. Please don't, Hank. Avaris stalked over an empty area of the wall and slumped down against it, his head buried in his knees, a broken version of himself. Avaris. Just not now. Please. Grace. Will you... Will you accompany me into my door? You want me there? I think I need you there. Sure thing, hun. Well, come on then, storyteller. Time to go. Malachi and Grace approached the red door, a classic Victorian-style design, and walked through. The small study was extravagant, but understated. Books lined the walls, and oil lamps lit the area. It was bustling. Men in dark overcoats paced the room anxiously, a version of Malachi sitting atop the desk with his fingers touching his temples. We're running out of time, Malachi. I'm well aware of that, officer. Yeah, constant reminders are not assisting. The killer gave us 24 hours, 23 hours, and 45 minutes ago. Do you not think I know that? I know what is at stake here, sir. I implore you to give me space to think. What's going on here, Malika? I... I was working on a case. You are an investigator? Yes, I... I was the best. I was given this file just a few hours before. There was a serial killer. He would kidnap young girls and give the police clues to where they could find her. But they never found them in time. They never did. So when they got another letter, they asked me. They heard I was the best. Oh, Malika. Have you, have you figured something out yet? We have teams all over the city. I wish you would have them come to me as soon as you got this letter. We meet again, yet never face to face. 
For I am one, and you are the other. A coin. A flipping of a coin. Two faces. The same face. You need to hurry! Where one side meets the other, you shall meet me once again. One side meets the other. A meeting, a joining, a connection. Bridge, bridge. It's a bridge. There are hundreds of bridges in London, sir. We meet again, but never face to face. Never face to face. We meet, for I am one and you are the other. It's incredible seeing your mind work, Malachi. I just wish it worked faster. Sir, where should I send my teams? For I am one and you are the other. Two, two of the same. Duality. They meet, but never face to face. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Hyde. It's Hyde Bridge. You heard him! Go get that bridge! Go get to that bridge! The figures in the room disappeared into smoke, leaving Grace and Malachi standing near the door. What happened next? Malachi waited for the word that he had saved the young woman, that he had solved the unsolvable. But that word never arrived. She was gone, and he knew it was his fault. Hey! Hey, don't say that! Don't, don't listen to the Malachi! They're right. I was too late. She died because I wasn't good enough to stop him. No, that is not your fault, Malachi. Of course it's not. <laughs> it isn't. I could have helped. I figured it out. But not fast enough. You were not the one who did that to that girl. But I could have stopped him. You don't know that that's true. Even if they'd gotten there in time, you still don't know. And I never will. Malachi. I'd like to leave. Malachi turned and quickly exited the study. Grace released a sigh before following behind. Back in the circular room, Hank was standing in front of his door by himself, fear pulsing in his heart. It is both interesting to hear what I am feeling out loud and quite awful to be confronted with it like this, although I am willing to bet that this is the point. Hank threw a forlorn glance at the storyteller. His mind analyzed their part in this challenge. Uh, Eve, do you mind accompanying me? What? Uh, will you come with me? I don't know. I, I just... Uh, please? Okay. Yeah, Hank. I'll come. Eve met Hank by the pink door. As they approached it, they noticed it was solid metal. They slid it open and stepped inside. A sterile operating room stood before them. Uh, hospital? Oh. What is it? I, I know this memory. Are you going to be okay? From behind them, a tall figure in a lab coat moved into the space, his face covered by a blue mask. He took a seat on the clean operating table and slowly removed his mask. That's you. Yes. Did you lose someone in surgery or something? Uh, no, nothing like that. The Hank that sat on the table slowly pulled something from his coat. A small cupcake smashed within a plastic bag. A crushed cupcake? Uh, for my birthday. Hank removed the cupcake from the bag and placed a small candle into the distorted frosting that remained. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday, dear Elfman. Happy birthday to you. He blew on the end of the candle, alone in the room, alone in life, and he let the truth of his loneliness wash over him. The figure dissipated into nothingness. You were alone for your birthday. That's not too bad, right? Oh, I, I was alone for every birthday eve. Oh, Hank. I did not remember a family. I must not have had one. I, I did not have anyone at all. That can't be true. And yet... I'm, I'm so sorry, Hank. Hank's eyes welled with tears before nodding stiffly at Eve. Eve gripped his hand and led him back into the circular room. This is not my favorite portal. You have a favorite. Having gills was pretty fun. I guess I better get in there, huh? Strong enough to handle it. Well, I'd still like you in there, if you're willing. Always. Jeb and Eve moved towards the yellow door, while Malachi and Grace moved to stand before Blue. The blue door was that of an old wood, very poorly made, hardly sustainable. As Grace pushed it open, the creak rang in her ears. They stepped through into a small hut. A single cot lay on the ground on one end of the room. A table, two chairs, and a rather small kitchen area made up the rest of the space. Grace gasped at the sight. Where are we, Grace? My home. The door to the hut swung open, and Grace entered, carrying the hide of a deer. She placed it on the table and moved about unpacking the satchel at her side. What are you doing there? Stuck in our kitchen after foraging. Foraging? For food. The hut door swung again as a young boy hopped into the room. No more than ten, this youthful child beamed brightly at Grace. Grace, you're home! Grayson! Hey, kid, bring it in! The two embraced, and tears welled in the ball gown shrouded Grace's eyes as she stood watching a distant version of herself embrace her brother. You find anything good this time? Don't I always? You were gone for a while. I know, I know. So, kid, I've been meaning to talk to you about something. You're leaving again, aren't you? Uh, yeah, buddy, I am. You just got back last week! I, I know, I know, it's... But I don't want you to. We need the money, kid. You're always off taking jobs. I just miss you. I know, I know. But I'm your big sister and it's my job to make sure you're taken care of. How can you do that if you're never here? Grayson, everything I do, I do it for you. Then stay. I can't, I can't, you know that. Find a job here, don't leave again. It won't be too long this time, I promise. How long? Not too bad. How long, Grace? Eight months. Just go. Now, come on, kid. Don't be like that. You obviously hate it here. Just leave, okay? I do not hate it here. Then you hate me. No, 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 I, I don't. I never want to see you again. I wish you weren't my sister. The young boy ran through the hut and left through the door, leaving a shocked Grace alone in the hut. It was then that she knew she broke her brother's heart. Then the, vis then the visage disappeared. I had to leave him. I had no choice. I, I don't know why, but I knew I couldn't say no. He probably forgives you, Grace. 
I don't remember seeing him again. But what if I never did? You will. I promise. You shouldn't make promises you can't keep. Malachi reached out and gripped Grace's hands in his, and he looked at his ally, his friend, with love in his eyes. Um, any chance you didn't hear that? <laughs> uh, nope, too late. Come on, then. Let's head back. Grace and Malachi retreated back through the door and into the circular room where Jeb and Eve were disappearing into Jeb's yellow and charred door. Holy shit! The door led out onto a modern, suburban street, but the quiet nature of the town was disrupted by a massive fire that had broken out across the area. The fire had engulfed full houses, forcing people out of their homes and onto the dark and ash-filled streets. The smoke was thick around them. What's going on, Jeb? That's... that's my house. Jeb pointed ahead at a small white cottage with a picket fence that had turned black with the destruction of the fire. Oh my gods! Jeb. Jeb and Eve stood in the center of the street as families escaped their burning homes and ran for safety. What? What happened here? The smoke swirled around them as the street was cleared, but still no one from Jeb's home had appeared. The flames crackled and climbed higher around the house. The roof began to fall. Broken cries and mangled screams echoed in the air. They died. My parents, they died in this fire. Oh, Jeb, I'm so sorry. Were you hurt? No, I wasn't. The fire danced violently around the town, devouring everything in its wake. Eve shielded her eyes from the growing heat. Suddenly, a bolt of lightning struck a nearby tree. Eve jumped backwards, falling onto Jeb. The lightning sparked into a bright fire, adding to the density of the already vicious blaze. Jeb, lightning. I know. Oh. As realization hit Eve, the flames parted slightly in the wind, moving just enough to give Eve a clearer look at the figure standing alone in the center of the fire. Jeb. I killed my parents. The figure surrounded by flames fell to their knees in turmoil, crying out. Their screams were swallowed by the rush of the blaze. As they screamed, more lightning struck. Their anger, pain, and guilt directly influenced the storm. With each strike, the fire grew larger. Stop. Stop! I can't stop it! Please! No! You couldn't control it. And my parents are dead because of it. Jeb watched themselves sobbing and screaming into the fire as more lightning struck, more fire raged, and their parents never emerged. They were stuck in place, unable to move, unable to tear their eyes from the damage they had caused. Eve gripped their arm and pulled them towards the door, rushing through the fire, and disappeared into the circular room. Silence filled the space, a guilty, angry, painful silence. They sat, spread out, across the large room, eyes downturned, hearts beating fast, unable to speak. No portal appeared, no escape from their current thoughts. They had faced their darkest memories, but they had not yet accepted them. And until they did, this is where they would stay. End. Side note to Nicole Dam. 
Everyone Ow. is speechless. <laughs> Why did the Why werewolf the... theme had to come true? <laughs> Why, Why is every cold cut I'm in have a narrator that people recognize? Like That's... this is, I'm two for two now of you the narrator are. suddenly being recognized by the people they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's not a lot of times, but it's weird that it happened twice. I know, if I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> I love that Jeb was like, this is so meta. Yep. <laughs> Jeb was very iconic in this episode, I have to say. Jeb. Very. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> Poor Jeb, you're lightning. It's really unfortunate lightning for Jeb. Damn. Yeah. It's a lot of sadness. Yes, backstories goes that one. That would definitely took the cake. I was like, oh my god. I don't know. Hank. Okay, Hank's Hank's singing alone broke me. That broke me so bad. I think it says a lot about our like personal trauma because I feel like that's probably objectively the least bad one, and yet that's the one we were all sobbing over. That was. I I was trying to hold back laughter. I had a few lonely birthdays, and I don't. I don't like that I got that one. That one, I think probably because the, uh, with, with the exception of like Grace's story, it was the most likely to happen in real life. Cause most of us. Yeah. It was a little more grounded in reality, but no, like Delton singing happy birthday to himself. Just yeah. like, that like triggered my sense of, like, that was like triggered my dark sense of humor. And I was trying so hard not to laugh. So, so oh. Nicole, Nicole, the fact that he I said walk. his last name. Yeah. In his own song, yeah. he sang to himself like, "Is that's that's that all?" Hurts. Because in my head, that's all people call him. No humor. one calls him Hank; they just call him Doctor. Yeah. Ah! Um, so that's his name. Not we Hank. we did get a response from Nicole in chat. She says, "I'm sorry." In all liar, caps. liar, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> liar, <Nicole>. no. <laughs> liar. No, I, I also um we we called the werewolf. <laughs> That was that was fun. Yeah, I'm very amused by like the span of backstories from like I have no family and I'm alone on my birthday to I'm a werewolf. Yeah. Like I feel like that's just quite a jump. Yeah. Well, and, and lightning carry. That that's, is the that's big why one. Yeah. The There's we got a lot <laughs> happening. Carry. We have <laughs> we have uh like wind Todoroki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what really killed me about about this episode for Hank is when he asked someone. No one else hesitated, but he hesitated. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I that was so funny. He was like, please, and he was like, well, okay. See, I took like, that as Eve was still trying to cope with what she'd yeah, gone yeah, through, and she's like, I. That's and I think she like also like, knew she was gonna time. go into Jeb's door, you know. So she was like, "Man, yeah. I gotta go in three doors." Yes. <laughs> like, also, I didn't like being Eve's dad. That wasn't fun. <laughs> I would have much rather been an angry child. Yeah. <laughs> no, just... you got to be mean dad. Well, it I made sense. Corey has dad. to play all the children. Obviously, that's my type. Yeah. Child. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, you can play the kids sometimes. Corey is visibly a small child. So. Yes. That's <laughs> small child look at quick, that little face so quick question too did anyone think that grace was probably like a depression era story like we, we get that malachi yeah. is sherlock holmes we got Popping lightning carry werewolf yeah like i avarice called it before everyone yeah i kind of feel like like grace has like a depression story going on uh like you were foraging Again, she's blue 
but I could also see like Wild West type deal. I mean, I know she's like more Southern, but like that kind of era. Oh, yeah. Like she could be like a cowgirl kind of deal. Because that gives me a bit more like depression era. I feel like was a very like industrial time, despite obviously people being very poor. So the like bringing in like a um, animal that she's killed kind of gives like maybe further back vibes was she hunting with a with a rifle or a bow and arrow yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a key i don't think it, it did not say yeah. oh we're, yeah. we're command oh. effing this but I mean, you could still <laughs> you could still have because kind of they, they just said that grace was southern you can get that accent kind of as far as far south even as missouri uh yeah. would work um but uh if you want to even go further out into wild west area that's that's very West Texas. Like what people think of as yeah. the Texas draw. You don't hear that in East Texas. We're swamp people. Uh, but the the cowboy kind of drawling Texas accent as West Texas, which is the desert. Um, and that would work too. So there's there's a lot of like, I I, I remember the script just saying that Grace had a Southern accent. So that could, it could yeah, be it's very broad range. Yeah. And how uh, Crystal interpreted a- that might not necessarily be indicative to like the specific location she might That's actually right. live in. I only yeah. got to do one. <laughs> right, right. That's all so, you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So since they didn't specify, it yeah. could you could you could say like depression era, or well, we'll see. We'll like, see. I don't know. Like, what, yeah. I'm just curious what kind of like mission that was. Eight months. Maybe it was this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yo! I kind of feel yeah. it might be this. Yo! <laughs> oh yeah. What about? Yeah. Oh. It's official. We have entered a time loop. So are are we thing. fictional characters or? <laughs> yeah, right. Because like, are we like, in a world okay. of reality now or that are we in a world like, of unreality? Yeah. All broke, like Kingdom Hearts. We like kind of broke the fourth wall with the narrator. I think all bits are off. Like, but like all of your stories. Sherlock. Yeah. The stories mean our past, away, or are we characters? We can't all be from the same. Can is it possible that we're all from the same universe at this point, given what we know? I don't think so. Uh, well, yeah, right, right. Because because just... Eve says gods, and like That's I noticed specifically, so I said, "Oh my god." I loved that thought too. That was mm-hmm. a really that good. Was a yeah, that's a good catch. detail. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like, like I just I don't get the vibe that like Sherlock Holmes Malachi exists in the same world as like <laughs> Werewolf and Lightning Bolts, you know. <laughs> I, the same universe. Don't you deny my Sherlock blue. Holmes X Men crossover? No, <laughs> I swear to God, I have seen this out of a What If episode from the new Marvel thing on Disney Plus. Like <laughs> Meredith episode, is engulfed episode, right now. Episode <laughs> just eight yeah. and nine. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely accosted by all oh, versus some cat. <laughs> a a catsted? She is a catsted. She is a catsted. Please, please somebody narrate this cat's worst day of life so he guilts out of tormenting me. Meow. Crystal, Crystal looks to the narrator was empty. It had no. been two hours. The longest he had ever gone without treats or pets. What's no one was in the house. His My litter box deci- was cold and empty. <laughs> My human decided to do this thing called socializing. <laughs> My Birds human decided chirped to outside do- the window, but he couldn't reach Good any ball. of them. <laughs> it's no more empty for but a minute. But he meowed for more. Oh. And Cat more noir. never came. Yeah. Wow. Feed me more. Quoth the cat, feed me more. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I accurate. need that on a sticker or something. Accurate. That's merch can, material. Can we, right yeah, can we make that Cold Cuts merch? Quad cold Cuts merch. Nevermore. Quad the kitty. Me and my uncle sent me. It's, I wish it was original. I know they had been. Developed. Now I want Cat Noir. Well, yep. season. <laughs> make that season two. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Great episode, everybody. Great episode, Nicole. Way to way to make us all really sad for next break week. Break our hearts. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you all. A lot of you came very close to acceptance with the thought of uh, unity. Oh, we have another question from uh, Nicole. Question for y'all: What are your current thoughts about the color of the portals at the point in this story? I'm still very confused about the portals, personally. <laughs> Same. Yeah. If they didn't, yeah. if they, they didn't thought they match matched the, the person, person who the challenge yeah. was for, but then they started to match the people who the challenges were like, they seemed to be the best at inherently. So that wouldn't be like their challenge. But wait, wait, it's oh. a key. It's a key color from the memory because I had the green chair. Hank had like a oh. pink cupcake. Right. Yeah. Lightning and fi or fire is yellow ish. Yeah. Well, yes. what about so interestingly? <laughs> so Avaris, Avaris is orange. Red blood. <laughs> But I'm the orange, tent, but the I should be orange. red. Well, but if the tent you were camping in oh, was orange. Yes. Oh, yeah, really, yeah. really orange oh. tent. I need to go back and look for something blue because yeah, yeah. I must have missed it completely. Blue. I don't remember. The blue hut was well, in the door. The, your door or, was like maybe yeah. the hut oh, the door to your house. Right so I think yeah. yours actually like was the door. It's yeah. you walking in and out and leaving. Oh, the door. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. But then I still don't understand about the colors of the, like the portals necessarily. Like that's clear why each person got assigned their color. But I'm still not clear on like True. why each challenge was associated with each color. Because again, it didn't seem like they tied into that person's particular weakness. What if we that are where hub? they learn? Like, what like, if we? It's... What if we designed these before we lost our uh, memories? And each portal is the challenge that each person came up with. But then the blue but... portal was like everybody's challenge. So like, where's no, 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 your like, specific single portal? What if Grace designed the blue portal? before well, we all well then grace is a statistical levels of our universes <laughs> that would limit us i don't so, know I don't the know. narrator said something about like Jesus. you have to like grow and learn your lesson right maybe the portals where each person learned their lesson like that color coordinates to like the lesson learned Something That's what they we thought, but then before? like strength but then... was avaris's portal and he was just kind of like really good at that one yeah, but I, yeah, see, I did. I didn't have anything to learn in but, strength. Yeah, but you did because it wasn't about physical strength. It, he learned from Malachi that strength is also mm. letting people go. Mm. What about a uh, trust for yellow? Because that was like really centered around Avaris and Grace. Learn to trust that they weren't going to turn into a, a Bigfoot. I guess. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow was like really involved in that one until suddenly they were not involved at all. And I'm still a little confused about what that portal meant. <laughs> I am meant. still reeling from that <laughs> Like I really, really, I think we all thought that it was going to be like, oh, they're going to try and take yeah, the antidote because they're so afraid they're going to yeah, turn into a Bigfoot. And that just didn't happen. It was not at all. It just, it just dropped off. And suddenly but then like back. not only like, did it not happen, it just like ended there. And yeah, the rest of the episode was okay. something else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe the meta narrator will explain more. Yeah, meta narrator, please yeah. provide more information. Well, I just read what they tell me, so I got nothing <laughs> at this moment in time. Just, yeah, none of us could have predicted the narrator. I'm also a pawn in story. this. Yeah. 
I think multiple times we've said, what if the narrator is brought we into the did. story? We because did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. did. We did. And here, here it did. is. We did. I, I do wonder if Nicole is doing the thing where every episode is written or rewritten uh, based on. Why else? Why yeah, else? I feel like every. I, I feel like werewolf. all of the authors on Cold Cuts keep doing that. It's like too if, tempting not to. I think. If Nicole why else is... in the hell would I be a werewolf unless she had <laughs> that planned all along? Uh, because Maybe you're the serial killer. Cool. Maybe we're just smart and perceptive, Grant. <laughs> I still think I still think no, you're it's right. a bit it of a swerve. I still think it's a bit of a swerve. Also, it's aimed at the fact that I'm Harry and y'all have seen it. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we are going to have to wrap up. Uh thank you so much, everybody. We will see you next week. And Cold Cuts is based on an original idea by our writing partner, Declan Grogan. Music by Vincenzo Torsiello. Hub is written by Nicole Tuttle and edited by Mariah Clausen. We do this every Saturday, except for last week. And every Tuesday, the videos get posted on YouTube and the audio will be available on all streaming platforms. So we will see you next week at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure to follow us online at Platform Prodco on all social media. That is P-L-A-T-F-R-O-M-P-R-O-D-C-O for more. And we will see you next time.